Welcome to another episode of Junior Achievement of South Florida's Recipe for Success. Just as there are no two recipes that contain the exact same ingredients or measurements, there are no two success stories exactly the same. Recipe for Success features entrepreneurs, visionary leaders, and innovators of all ages who will share the ingredients that make them successful. Here's your host, Lori Salarulo, President and CEO of Junior Achievement of South Florida. Hey, everyone, and welcome to this episode of JA's Recipe for Success. I'm your host, Lori Salarulo, and I'm proud to be the President and CEO of Junior Achievement of South Florida. So as you probably know, because you've watched Recipe for Success every week, uh, you know that this show is really about bringing you leaders and entrepreneurs who share uh, stories and experiences and knowledge uh, as they've gone through their leadership journey and uh, so that we can learn from all of them and also that our students in the JA programs can learn from them as well. And this week, I am really, really proud to have someone who I truly admire as a woman who has started her own business uh, and is just a mover and shaker, love her energy, uh, and please help me welcome the president and founder of DeRay and Company. Hello there. Hi. How are you? I'm fantastic, considering the craziness going on in the world. And I want to say thank you for the kind words and for having me on. So it's it's exciting to be here. Well, I, I mean that sincerely. I mean, you know, I have a lot of people uh, on the show, people who have been in business a long time, others not so long. Um, I, I love watching you on Facebook. My gosh, that trip to Gucci. I was so jealous. So I love your whole fashion uh, concept and your fashion, you know, your attention to the details of fashion. So I do love that about you. I am a Gucci girl. I do love it. So so that endeared me to you immediately. <laughs> Fashion brings everybody together. What can I say? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I don't know uh, if those in our audience know this, and I didn't really know. I knew you were young, and I knew you started your company up, but I didn't know how young. And so when I read your bio, and it talked about how you really took a very bold move at 24 and formed Duray and Company. Talk a little about that, especially for our young people who think that you can't do this at that young age. Sure. So back then, it, it wasn't a side hustle or anything that is now deemed kind of cool. Uh, there weren't the cool terms for it, but I was very lucky to find PR, uh, public relations, at the age of 19. And it enabled me to have a number of part-time jobs, even while I was at the University of Miami, and that then led me to have significant experience even by the age of 24. So at that point, I had people calling me that I had worked with prior, prior jobs, prior internships, and they were calling me to help them with their clients and with their business. So I had no marketing plan. I had, and I've never even to this day taken a business course. So I'm, I'm you know, one of those people that would love to have an MBA, but there's no time. I guess I have the MBA of, of real life. <laughs> um, I mean, I never took a business course. I, I just, I never got a chance to. And I always studied within the School of Communication. And PR was not even my major. So it's important to note for the people that even I have kids and, and they keep thinking there's a lot of pressure with how did you know at 19? And it was like, 
I didn't know at 19, but I did the internship and the part-time jobs and I fell in love with it. And, and so my major actually was not in public relations, but I fell in love with it. And then the school let me substitute some classes so that it made it relevant. But it's really important to note for everybody that might be watching, you don't have to know what you want to do, but sometimes it's process of elimination to get you there. I was fortunate enough that I was, I didn't even know what public relations was. Certainly back then it wasn't as, as glamorous or uh, people didn't really realize that there were people behind the headlines that were not featured in the stories themselves, right? So that's kind of how it happened for me is process of elimination. I was just super lucky that I fell in love with it at 19 and that then enabled me to have this ex just extensive experience, including full-time working even before I was I was done with college. And then again, those people called me and that's how this business was born. And I mean, I was living at home with my mom and my sister. I had gra just graduated not too, you know, too many years prior. And I was on dial up. I had a big old computer in my bedroom and it was a, it was a different time. But it, it really the, the one thing that is is true even today is if you roll up your sleeves and you make an impression, it, it follows and people will follow you to have them help them. And I think that's really what all of that work experience did for me was aside from giving me the experience, it also gave me an opportunity to really hustle and show people what I was about. And, you know, while getting that, you know, on the go experience and that ultimately all those experiences led me to even where I'm at today, because I still do a number of projects. A lot of my mentors even ended up coming to work for me. So definitely full circle moments uh, since starting the business and you don't have to have a business plan and know exactly what you're planning to do. Sometimes it just happens, but there's no doubt that there's a lot of sweat equity in it. Yeah, absolutely. So all good things. I just want because just so, really good stuff. And and one of our our donors and supporters and a friend of mine, Miss Marty Heising, I used to say all the time, you got to roll up your sleeves, right, and get in there. Um, so I love that. Make an impression, right? Got to hustle. Um, I love those things, and those are such great ingredients to success, right? Um, and so you now have a team of 10 plus you're in two locations, right? Colorado and Florida. Um, and so I love that. And, and I love your, your story and, and the journey and how you said, you know, you didn't know you wanted PR, but you fell into something that you happen to love. And by the way, you know, sometimes that doesn't always happen at the onset. I ended up in advertising. I was in finance and then had the, and I loved it. Right. So, so let me, let me go to that for a second, because one of the subsidiaries that we had when I was with Ogilvy Maida was Ogilvy Maida PR. But PR back then, which was press releases and, you know, that sort of thing, is very different than it is today. I, I'm not sure that press releases get the coverage, right, because journalism has changed and newspapers and all of that. What does PR look like today, right? What are some of the new tools and strategies that you're using? Sure. So there's a lot of debate on is the press release dead? So you're not you're not wrong. Uh, I mean, we still obviously put together press releases to issue news and information, whether it's a private company, a public company, a nonprofit, whatever it may be. So that is kind of the official press release. But it's, it's really what you do with it now that has changed so much. And with journalism changing. Right. And we've had to get a little bit more scrappy, I guess, for lack of a better word, where 
we've had to create bylined articles and actually create thought leadership pieces. Remember, if there's no journalist to write the story, we've got to write it and then place it. So there are a lot of different avenues, I would say, on the PR side. And certainly thought leadership and bylined articles are one. Certainly social media is huge. Um, crisis communications, especially in a time of COVID and whenever anything can happen, certainly over my 20 plus years of, of you know, owning this business, I've, I'd like to think I've seen it all. And then COVID came across and that was like, oh my gosh, nobody's, you know, has seen this. Um, and so it's, it's always adapting. And so, you know, in addition, I would say influencer relations for the right brand. And so it's not, it's not a one size fits all approach for every client. Even what you're doing here is a great, great way to get the word out and, and, you know, podcasting and videos, those are another great way. So I, I like to say we have a toolbox and we have lots of tools in our toolbox and we use different tools at different times and for different reasons. So the toolbox continues to get bigger and bigger because the world keeps changing, which is a good thing. And so we use our tools at different times for different reasons. And that builds out the strategy that we use for, for our clients. And, and again, it's not every client has to do this. It's definitely not a checklist. Certainly there are some things that we go to more than others, but it, it has to make sense for the industry, for the client, for what the news is, what we're talking about. So a lot of tools in the toolbox and uh, they continue to grow. So that keeps it fun and exciting from my end. Yeah, I love that customization, right? And not a one size fits all. So true for, for and, and your clients run the gamut. So uh, I would imagine that's really true. So you talk, you love to, I know that you love to talk about uh, your journey and your experience. That's why you're here today. Um, and, uh, you know, for future PR leaders, um, can you share a lesson uh, for those future leaders that you've learned along the way? You know, what was something maybe that happened that didn't go as you thought it was going to go and, and taught you a real big lesson? So I'd actually go back to the internships. And what I always say to people that ask is don't just wait for your one required senior year internship for one semester. Get an internship or a part time job. In my case, I was 19 and it was a part time hourly job and I needed to work and I figured, let me try it. And I didn't even know what PR was, but try to get as much experience, however you can, whether it's during the school year or during the summer. But certainly when, when we're looking to hire folks in our office, I want to see more than just the required one semester internship that the college requires. I want to see that somebody was so interested that they, that they did multiples and, or that they, took a special extra course on blog writing or that they have a blog or that they love to take, they have, love to take photos and have a whole photography side, you know, side hustle or a side, side gig that they love to share. So I would say really going above and beyond. That's always how I've, uh, I mean, I just, I'm, I guess I'm a black or white person. I, it's like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it all in my father. Oh said that to me is, you know, just if you're going to do it, do it well, or just don't do it at all. And so I think that I've, I've, I would bring that to somebody in college that's looking to get into an industry. And again, you may not even know that you like the industry, but if you start early enough and you decide you don't like it, it gives you time to change classes, change your major, change 
what your experience is and other future jobs. If you wait till the very last semester, well, and then you decide that you don't really like it, that's a problem. Yeah, you're in trouble then. Yeah, you know, that's so interesting. So, you know, we start actually in high school. Uh, we have a program called J Career Bound, and each month the students go out into different industries. Now, the last couple we did virtually, um, but so they're learning and they're hearing all about the different industries and the jobs that exist in those industries. And then we're placing them into internships in the summers in junior and senior year. And so I think you're right. Don't wait till college. And I think, you know, the one thing that that helped me when I was a high schooler, um, because I had parents who always thought we should work and I had no choice because they weren't going to buy me that car. Right. Um, I learned what jobs I did not want by doing those internships, right? And this was not for me. These were not the skill sets that I knew I had or wanted to use. So I think that's really good. So I just added to the list of ingredients, um, you know, don't wait to get that inter internship until late in college. Start as early as possible to get that experience across the board and go above and beyond, which I love. And even um, a part-time job, you can still, I mean, I needed to, to work and make money. So I was able to not have it have to be an internship, but it was, it was a part-time hourly job. And so I think right. you can combine needing to, to work and, and cover the bills and, and still get the experience and, and the exposure to see if that's what, what you like. So I, I think it's, it's definitely a win-win. It's something that I talk to my own kids about who are very, very nervous about how did I know at such a young age and you're so lucky. And so I, I do talk to my 13 and 17 year old that it's probably not, not the norm, but the more experience you have, the better chance you have process of elimination and, and figuring out what you do like and what you don't like. Right. Exactly. And I'm mentoring, uh, I mentor two or three young women. Uh, and one of them just said to me this morning, I encouraged her to go take a workshop and the workshop really forces you to identify what kind of workplace do you want to work in? What values and, and behaviors in that workplace are important, right? What skill sets do you love using? Because until you sit down and you put all that together, right, you might just go job to job, right, until you find that thing that you love and that fits all of that. But if you can be more deliberate about that, and that's what we're teaching these high school students. And, you know, today internships are changing, as you said. No more, uh, I mean, you still, there are still internships that don't pay students, but most of them now, they're paid jobs because we need to value uh, those interns and really take them under our belt and teach them. Um, you know, you talked a little bit about the new tools in the toolbox. Um, and one of the things that I think I'm hearing, and I never heard it before, although it probably existed before COVID, is confidence campaigns. So you may be representing clients right now that either for the, the employees coming back into the workplace we need to build their confidence or our customers going back into the workplace. We need to build that confidence. Is, are you seeing more of that? Or are you doing more of that for your clients? Absolutely. And it really doesn't matter what industry they're in. If you are open for business in some way, you whether it's just, you know, and I don't want to say just for the employees, but if you're not a business that let's say a restaurant, but you need to make your, your employees feel comfortable, certainly follow the CDC guidelines, make sure that you're in compliance, make sure that the employees and anybody that may be coming to your office feels comfortable. And also on the flip side, if you're a, a business where people are showing up and either coming to eat or enjoy or an attraction, you, certainly you have to follow the CDC guidelines, but there's been a lot of pivoting and, and shifting the way that we 
are, right? Everything we're doing now is different. And so every institution, every organization has had to figure out how do we make this work given the guidelines? How do we then tell the possible customers, guests, or employees, this is what we're doing. So communicating that is and can be whether or not a business can stay open uh, long term. And so making people, showing them what you're doing, uh, certainly demonstrating it, showing it, and, and, it, and it's a variety of ways, right? So it's social media, it's press release, it's e-blasts. I mean, it goes on and on to show people that you care. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it's about, right? We want to show people that we care and that we're following the guidelines. So it's a little different based on what type of industry you're in, but the, the, the commonality and the common theme is we're open for business. We want you to come here. Here's what we've done. We want you to be safe. And we're also keeping our employees and our staff safe as well, too. So we, we always want to avoid any, any sort of Corona shaming because it's, it's, it's real. Um, and so certainly any images that get put up need to, need to reflect social distancing methods and, and that we are doing what we should as a good, you know, as a good business, as a, as a good uh, community ambassador, even on some level. So it, it's definitely real. And I don't see it changing anytime soon. This is going to go on for quite a while. And people are going to like human nature. I think we're all going to get as time goes on a little bit more lax, but we still need to make sure that we're not letting our guard down because it's, it's a real threat. And certainly for certain, um, you know, for certain individuals, it's, it, it's more of a threat than others, but we still have to assume that everybody could potentially have it that we're speaking to or that we're near. And so we have to make sure that those protocols are in place and that the guests and customers know, here's what we've done to get you back into our establishment. Right. Yeah. Really, really important right now. Uh, I know from my, we've talked about it, you know, do we go back out? I know the restaurants opened yesterday, you know, and, and I need to see, right. I can hear that they're doing all the right things, but I want to see it before I go back out there. So that will build my confidence. You know, um, I think you, you touched on how, right, everybody kind of needs to be, every business really needs to be telling the story. And you and I talked a little before we started the show. Um, and I remember when I was in PR and advertising in New York and we went through a recession, right? It was the first thing people cut. But today, um, I think people are, companies are wiser and smarter uh, and realize how important PR and marketing is. Are you seeing that? We've, we've been very lucky. There's no doubt about it. And when this whole thing came to be, nobody knew. I mean, certainly I had many, many sleepless nights, as did, I'm sure, everybody. And when you're responsible for employees and team members that are counting on you, it, it, it's scary. There's no doubt. But very quickly, it became clear that the clients needed us. And we just had to, all hands on deck, just make it happen and help them understand. And it was it was and is constantly changing. So certainly letting the, the, the media and the community know that our clients are open for business and here's what they've done or they're closed, but they're planning to open or they've gone virtual or whatever it may be. That is our, our job. And so I'd like to say that, and I, and I said this to my team quite a few times, it's like, listen, when people, the clients are looking at their expenses, you don't want them to just see you as an expense. You want them to see you as, as wow. their own version of essential. Certainly we're not saving lives. Certainly we're not doing anything of that magnitude, but for some clients, we, you know, we're keeping the doors open or we're helping to um, help individuals who may not be able to get a meal or whatever it may be. And so 
in that own right, it's very important and, and special. So certainly we're not saving lives, but we are helping them navigate these, these waters that are constantly ch changing. So we have become essential for those clients. And I am so, 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 so grateful to the clients who needed us, who've allowed us to help them and let them pivot. And we continue every single day. It was I mean, I can tell you just the past few days ago, it was, okay, now we're opening for business. And that was a whole, okay, let's now have to announce, here's how we're opening, here's what we're doing, here are the new hours, and and it will continue to evolve as, as we go through different phases and hopefully never have to go back to what we experienced before. But they do see us as an extension of their of their product, their, you know, their, their good, their service, their establishment. And I'm really grateful that they've allowed us to, to continue that. But um, I know it hasn't been that way for everybody. And I, you know, there's been a lot of all hands on deck and using even more tools in our toolbox than we used before and really just trying to navigate this, this really, really difficult time for a lot of people. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I know my past experience and my experience even in the nonprofit world and leading organizations, if you are not out there, right, getting back on track and growing again and thriving again, when this starts to uh, starts to fall into place, right, and whatever that new normal is, right, if you haven't stayed out there, it's going to be a lot tougher to climb that mountain. Uh, at least my experience has shown that. And, and there are a number of studies from past recessions and difficult times that show those that continue at it. Obviously, you have to be able to afford to and your business needs to be open to be able, you know, on some level, whether it's virtually open or whatever it may be, obviously it has to make sense. But there are numerous studies that are out there that show that the people who continued in, in whatever form that was, but but continued, didn't completely go dark, they did pick up market share. And that's in all industries. So that is something that I, I think um, has gotten our our clients have seen that and and witnessed it before. And they you know, there are sometimes, listen, it does make sense. If you're totally not open and you have to close completely and you can't be virtual, listen, there are, there are, you know, there are reasons for everything. So not everybody needs to be open all the time, but certainly, you know, for the clients that are open and that need us, we're there. Right. I, I couldn't agree more. So you listed so many amazing ingredients to your recipe for success. Um, you know, and, and I added one more as you were talking, actually two more as you were talking one was to show people you care, right? And that's important to your clients, to the customers, to all of those, your employees. Uh, and then communication, how important communication is. Not just communication, PR communication about your company, but just even internally uh, being uh, communicative and, and open and honest and transparent. What is, I always ask everyone this, what is your main ingredient to success? There are so many, okay, but... Nobody's ever going to give me one. Nobody's used this, but I'm going to say grit. Mm, I it's love just, just especially given what we've been through the last, you know, period of time here. I mean, I, sometimes, I, I mean, I remember even during this, you know, I was really freaked out and what's going to happen and we're trying to support the clients and we're worried. I mean, I even had a family member that had COVID and was on a ventilator for 11 days. So you've got that with business, with kids home, with virtual learning and owning a business and, you know, and just all of the, you know, the, the, the stuff that so many people have, you know, on, on their own plate. And I just kept remember thinking, you just, you got to put on your big girl panties and you buckle up and let's go. There's no choice. You got to dig deep and let's just, make it happen, whatever it is. We don't know what it's going to look like, but you know, you are, 
you got to make it happen. So there's a lot of those, you know, put on your big girl panties, buckle up on charter territory, you know, uh, waters, you know, it's that sort of a thing. So I guess a lot of rah, rah, um, you know, internal, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, internal uh, cheering campaign to keep it going when, you know, obviously things look a lot better now than they did quite some time ago, but we still have, there's still a lot of work here to do. And I, I can honestly say no two days are alike. And it could literally be 24 hours a day, seven days a week at this point. But I am so grateful that I'm in this position. And so we've, you know, I appreciate you having me on. And if I can do anything for anybody watching or they are interested in public relations, please reach out. I'm happy to share whatever I can and, and help kind of pay it forward. Cause I had so many folks that were great to me bringing me up kind of through the through the PR world. Well, we appreciate that and I love it. I, I think grit is essential. If you don't have it, I, I think you're gonna have a longer, harder road through the tougher times, as you said. Um, I may reach out to you because we do have our interns who have gone through eight months of training on career skills. Some have an interest in PR and marketing. Uh, we pay their salary. Uh, we're fortunate to have a grant that will pay their salaries. And so I'd uh, love to talk to you about that or anybody out there who wants to. And, and by the way, listen, I mean, we know that uh, people are trying to bring back their own people. And so they're going to use their their dollars, right, to bring back their employees. This is free. I hate to use that word because they're not free labor. They are getting paid. It just doesn't have to come out of the employer's pocket. Uh, and they are amazing at doing projects and especially marketing and PR. So keep that in mind, everybody. Thank you for, for doing that and, and for being able to put that program together. That yeah. is a win-win for, you know, exactly. for both. And so thanks to you for your hard work in making that happen that then enables the experience and a, and a great, uh, you know, a great opportunity for both. Well, thank you. And just like you, Jay wants to be there for the community, right, in any way that we can help. Um, and we have lots of resources that we can bring to the table. So Thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure. Uh, I like again. I love your spunk. I love your energy. And you know, it's it's amazing to me that we have not gotten to work together yet on a yes. project <laughs> yet because I know we will. Um, and uh, I just want to thank you for everything that you're doing for your clients, for the community. I know that you're very involved and and stay with it and and just. Keep that grit right alive and, and keep going because I know that we'll all come out of this at, at the other end. Okay. Uh, so together, as they say, right? So thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. And thanks everyone for watching. I look forward to seeing you at next week's episode of Recipe for Success. Take care, everyone. Let's get cooking.